Welcome to Wise and Worthy, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating people like you as you navigate separation, divorce, and life after divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon. Did you know that your unused bridal set, luxury watch, or other diamond jewelry could be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start? But where do you begin? That's where Worthy comes in. Worthy offers a seamless solution by partnering with you to help sell your jewelry and get the best deal for your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell. Visit Worthy.com to learn more. folks. Today we're talking about telling and protecting the kids in the early stages of divorce. And with me today is a very good friend, an amazing colleague of mine, Kate Anthony. Hey, Kate. Hi, Karen. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm very excited about this conversation for a couple of reasons. So folks, Kate is the author of the newly released D Word, Making the Ultimate Decision About Your Marriage. And today we're going to dive into the best practices when it comes to your kiddos, regardless of their age, when you're first telling and what follows. And so we're going to chat about what to keep in mind when telling the kids, uh, creating a parenting plan, and navigating all of the emotional difficulties that come with living under the same roof, showing up at school events together, etc. And while every divorce is different, today's tips are meant to give you guidance and creative ideas for your unique situation. And Kate is the perfect person to talk to, to about that. So let's dive right in. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we begin? Yeah. So you have a whole section in the book. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's two different tracks that we can talk about. One is in your garden variety divorce, there's the the guidance, the wisdom of how to tell the children. And then um, if you have to color outside of those lines because of the complexity. <laughs> so that would uh -huh. be a good place, I think, for us to talk about what's the what's the guiding wisdom? And then when does that not work so well? And, and what does that invite? That's such a good question. Um, uh, because it's so true, the you know, the the garden variety, the, the guiding wisdom doesn't always work for everybody, but we should definitely use it as a launch point, right? From a launch pad for um how it, how it's gonna work no matter what. You know, the 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 basic plan should be that you have as much figured out, especially if you have young kids, right? Let's there, it's a little bit different with young kids and older kids, but you should have as much figured out before having the conversation as possible, especially if your children are young, young children don't do well with, you know, concepts. So when you're saying, you know, we're going to mommy and dad are going to have two houses. And then they say, well, where, where, who, what's the other house? Um, you don't want to say, well, we're not really sure yet, <laughs> right? You want to be able to say, you know what? Uh, mommy has a new house picked out and we're going to go look at it this afternoon. That would be really useful. That would be helpful for children to give them some tangible. They need to understand exactly what their life is going to look like. And 
when you leave it sort of, you know, conceptual and nebulous, it can cause they're already destabilized by this information. You want to give them as much co- concrete information to hold on to as possible. So um, in my book, I break it down into, you know, preparing for the conversation, having the conversation, and then after the conversation. And so if you're able to co-parent through the conversation, you and your soon-to-be ex want to sit down together and script out as much as possible. Um you're going to want to, you know, be really specific with the words you use. You don't want to beat around the bush. You don't want to say separation when you mean divorce. You don't want to say, you know, you don't use euphemism. Really don't use euphemisms. Just say what it is. Um, if, if you don't tell them specifically what's happening, they're going to be confused, you know, Um, My colleague, uh, Christina McGee, who certified me as a co-parenting specialist, she tells the story of a kid who, you know, her parents, the parents said that they were split, that they were separating and then they separated and they got divorced, but they never told their son that they were, that they were getting divorced because they didn't want to, they're like, everything's fine. He's used to it. We're just, we're separated. Like, we don't need to tell him like another trauma or whatever it was. They were just protecting. And one day the kid came home and said that they were doing a project at school in which they were saying, what's different about me from other kids in the class. And he said, well, I said that one of the things that was different about me is that my parents aren't divorced. And she was like, Oh, right? Because they were, they just hadn't told them. So you've got to keep them, (laughs) you've got to tell them what's going on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to make as many decisions as possible before you tell the children, you want to at least decide on, you know, what, what is the schedule? They want to know what their lives are going to look like, right? Children are very self-focused. So they want to know like, when am I going to go with mommy? When am I going to go with daddy? Um, You know, Who's going to, who's going to move out? Who's going to stay? Where are they going to go? Um, you want to, you want to set the conversation for a time that is at a time, ideally, again, in an ideal world, uh, you want to have this conversation together. You want to agree on the narrative, right? And the narrative can be very sort of, you know, the narrative should be neutral. There should be zero blame involved. There should be zero, you know, well, your mom wants to, you know, no, like I, mom, I've decided, no, this is no matter what's going on between you guys, your children need to feel like they need to feel as secure and as possible. And so you need to be able to say, mommy and daddy have decided or mommy and mommy, daddy and daddy, whatever it is. We have decided, your parents have decided. Um, we don't get along anymore. We, You may have noticed that we've been arguing a lot, mm-hmm. right? So you want to script it together as much as possible in a way that does not place blame, but makes it really clear. Um, and the timing of the conversation, there's no perfect time. There's no perfect time to have this conversation and you should have it at a time when um, 
possibly, you know, potentially two to three weeks before the, the big move, right? You don't want to have it be like, and so we're moving tomorrow. Um, you want them to have a little time to get used to it. You also don't want to be like, and in four months, this is your life is going to change. Like give them like maybe like a two week lead time. Um, and then you want to tell them uh, at a time, but especially little kids at a time where there aren't going to be major transitions and separations happening right, right afterwards. You don't want to tell them right before bed. You don't want to tell them right before you know, you leave for the weekend. You don't want to tell them before they have to go to school the next day, right? You want to like the ideal time to tell them is on a Friday afternoon after school, when you have a weekend planned of activities together, if you are able to be amicably uh, co-parenting together, then you want to spend the weekend doing family things and showing your kids that this is how it's going to be. Right. Right. Um, you want to tell your kids, teachers, especially younger ones, but older ones too, right? You want to tell them bef beforehand, um, maybe a day in advance or something so that, you know, you want to tell them to be discreet and sensitive, but also tell them that your kids may have emotional outbursts and they want to, the kid, the teachers need to know that this is because there's a major upheaval happening in their lives, not because they're just you know, behaving badly. This is, this is behavior that needs to be, um, dealt with compassionately rather than with discipline. Right. Um, so the teachers need to know that. Um, so you, so these are all the things that you need to prepare right now, if you, that is, you know, that's the sort of utopian version, but um, you know, if well, let you me have, ask you before, yeah. before you go into that, I actually, I want to, this is great. Um, and I'm thinking, oh my God, mine didn't go that way at all. Um, oh, no, mine either. Well, right, right, did right, a little right. bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so, so there's a couple of things because I think regardless of whether it's garden variety or high conflict, mm -hmm. you're describing something, um, that involves giving a certain amount of information. Mm -hmm. And we talk a little bit about what might be too much information yes. because of that. Absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to be traumatized as soon as they hear it. Right. So they're going to go flying into their own little amygdalas. So, That's right. so let's just talk about, I love all the points, but you also don't want to elaborate too much because they're not going to. Oh. You absolutely do not, because they're going to say, why, why? But I don't understand. They want to they, they're going to want to know why. And your job is to, you know, to make it, it. And it's this is hard. This is, I think, the hardest part of this. It's make it answer their questions clearly enough, but without going overboard and giving them too much information. They do not need, you know, you'll have a, a parent possibly who will say the kids need to know the truth. Well, like whose truth, whose truth that I had an emotional affair. Sure. But to, but if we're going to tell them that, then we should also maybe mention that you've been emotionally abusing me for 10 years or that you've been a porn addict. Like whose truth are we telling them? None of this is information that they need. Right. Anything that even smells of putting the kids in the middle and having them, making them choose 
right? right? Who to be mad at? You know, tell the kids the truth that you had an emotional affair. Why? Why? Because you want them to align with you. Right. And your job is to make your children feel like they don't ever have to choose anyone. That they are loved by both parents. They're supported by both parents. And that both parents support their love for the other parent. That's the job. Um, even when that's really hard. <laughs> even when you don't want to do that. You want to put them at the center as much as possible, not in the middle. You know, the other piece, and that's such a good one. The other piece I was thinking of as you were speaking is while you while you want to tell them what's coming next, while you and the other, your co-parent may have decided on holidays and breaks and stuff, you you you, you don't want to overwhelm them. And I think that that's, that's one of the points I would love to hear you just speak about is enough so that they feel comfortable, but just because it's all in your head and you've got it figured out doesn't mean that no you present it. That's right. You should let them be the, really take the lead in asking those questions, right? Because yeah. if they, if they're thinking about Christmas, then they're going to ask about Christmas. Um, and then you can answer. And and it might be, you know, honey, we haven't figured that out yet. There's a lot mm -hmm. of decisions we have to make. And we actually haven't gotten that far. But as soon as we do, um, I'll let you know. And I hear that that's really important to you. So we'll talk about that sooner rather than later. Beautiful. Um, the other yeah. the other thing that... that um, there, there's com common wisdom, but I think that um, I'm curious what your perspective on this is. And let's we're in the garden variety still, right? So conflict is is there, but low. Um, what if you have, what if you have a, a five year old, an eight year old, and a seventeen year old or sixteen year old? Like at a certain yeah. point, mm -hmm. when the ages and how what they're going to be able to receive are so different. What do you recommend? Yeah. I recommend telling the 17 year old separately um, and giving the older kid time to process and then telling the younger kids together, I think five and eight close enough, right? They're, they're not developmentally enormously different. Um, and then you can ask the 17 year old, listen, we're going to tell your younger brother and sister, uh, do you want to be there for that? Right. And they may want to. Right. They may feel like a protective big brother or sister and want to be there to support um, their, their younger siblings. And they may want to have nothing to do with it. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's where it's like, you know, your kid. And if you have a child who's going to uh, ask a lot of questions, who's going to want to have a conversation that is above the um, the pay grade of the little ones, yes, 100%. Then, then you want to do that separately. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, and the most important thing, you know, while we're still in the garden variety, right? If we're like actually having the conversation, um, like I said, you know, you want to have as much information as possible so that when you tell them, you're giving them some concrete information about what their life is going to look. You really think about that. All they care about is what's my life going to look like. My life has looked one way 
for all of this time for my whole life. And now it's going to look different. And they've never experienced anything like that. Like the only thing they may have experienced is changing schools. Right. And they want to know when they change schools, who's my teacher? Where's my desk? What are the rules? How does the school work? Right. And so you want to give them think of it in the same in the same way. Oh, I love that comparison. That's that's actually because there's so little that has transitioned in their life and and really that's transitioning right. schools may be maybe the biggest and and the one thing that they can kind of compare to. Yeah, that they can they like understand it, right? Yeah. Um again, keep all blame out of it. Yeah. Don't what were you gonna say, Karen? I, I was I was actually gonna I was gonna ask um What is your guidance with adult children who may um, be out of the house, may be married, uh, there may be grandchildren? Any? Do you have any particular? Um, well, you got to tell them. <laughs> you got to tell them, right? So, um, <laughs> don't keep it a secret for too long, right? I, you know, if if possible, these conversations should happen in person. Hmm. Um, but listen, if your kids live across the country and there's no way to do it, you know, look, you may decide to separate and do all the things and then tell them in person when you, you know, go out for Christmas, but you know, maybe not, I don't know. Like, you know, again, you know, your kids, you know what the deal is. Um, I think if you, if you, um, tell them over the phone that that's okay, right. They're grownups, they're adults. Um, and you may have to, they, they're, they're going to ask more questions and you can be a little right. more honest with them, right? Look, you don't want to throw their, their other parent under the bus, but like, I don't know if you found out that, that your husband has been cheating on you for the last 17 years, mm-hmm. like your kids are going to find that out. Mm-hmm. You know, they are going to find it out. Um, you know, maybe it should come from him. I don't know, but yeah, I think I think we can we can be less careful with our older kids, um, but you also still want to pr- preserve and protect the relationship with their other parent. You you know, and make sure that you know with an adult you can say, "I'm not asking you to take sides," right? Right. So please don't. And and I think that um, when it, when it comes to adult children the skill of boundaries is so much more important, both Mm -hmm. like I was, I I had this one client and their tendency was to lean because they were so financially scared to start leaning on their adult children. And so um, I I like what you said. It's like the same rules do exist. Like don't, don't trash the other parent, but they may want to tell you what you should do. Like you need to fix this and get back together with dad, or you may want to lean on them. And so I think that when it comes to the adult children, it's that boundary that even though they're adults, they're still your child. The, the other right. parent is still their parent. And so you want to tell them, but you want to keep firm boundaries around what is and isn't acceptable to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Hey, honey, I love you. And I know that you're concerned. I'm still your mom and he's still your dad. We, you know, we're not going there. We're not going there. 
<laughs> right? Absolutely. And by the way, you could tell them and they'll be like, oh, Jesus, thank God, you guys, this has been ridiculous for years, which is probably the, you know, like, <laughs> right. Right. Um, but, uh, and you can have more of conversation about like, you know what, this is just, I feel like it's time for me to spread my wings and be, <laughs> I don't feel like I can be myself in this marriage. And I, you know, cause your kids want that. I mean, yeah, your kids want that for you, right? They want yeah. you to feel like, um, they want you to be happy, I hope. <laughs> and, and I do. I think that there's a huge uh, opportunity, especially if you've been playing small in your marriage, kind of like fitting into the box that you've committed to. Um, there's there's a huge opportunity for your kids to see you at mm -hmm at that, whatever that stage of life is, um, yeah. kind of spreading your wings and, and finding yourself and, and growing a new life. So I just, I wanted to just touch yeah. on the adult children thing, because I think there's so much gray divorce that happens more and more often. And yeah, absolutely. And it's, absolutely. And it's, it's part of it. So, okay. Yeah. So now we've told, um, told the kids, the kids are processing, well, in the in the conversation, I just want to address the why, right? Because in the conversation, they're going to ask why over and over and over again. And this is why you have, you know, you have um, scripted this, right? You're basically not going to allow them to go outside the confines of the script, right? So they're going to say, why, 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 right? If they're like my kid, they're going to say it a million times over. And you don't need to answer that with any more information than you've already given them as long as it clearly answers the question, right? So when they really, when they're saying why, what they're really saying is don't. Mm -hmm. There's no version, there's no answer to why that will clarify it for enough for a child to say, okay. So if they're saying why, what they're really saying is don't. So you're just going to return to your original conversation points um, and, and keep yourself focused there, right? Mommy and daddy have had a hard time getting along and we've decided it would be better for all of us to live in separate houses. We'll still be a family. We both love you so much. We always will, right? All of the things. Um, one thing you never want to say is that mommy and daddy don't love each other anymore because then they think that love is something that can be taken away. And then maybe you're going to stop loving them at some point. If you say, because daddy's an asshole, he, they're half of daddy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they, they're going to think that, that that's what they are, you know? Um, um, so, you know, or daddy's half of them, whatever, right? That they're gonna think that you feel the same way about half of them, right. right? And that's not okay. So, but just remember, I think it's really important to remember that when a kid is asking why, what they're really saying is don't, and there isn't an answer that will satisfy right. other than, okay, we're not gonna do it. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you have a selling partner you can trust who will help you transform your ring from a symbol of the past into a financial asset 
to help you start over. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, visit worthy.com. We're ready when you are. Divorce is like a foreign land filled with unfamiliar rules and jargon and pressure to make complex decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Don't go it alone. Go to rapidreliefcall.com and get the support and guidance you need. Yeah, and a whole lot of acknowledging and validating their feelings and their fears and and That's right. and the oh. love and you know it's just like it's really a, an acknowledge and validate fest. Um, That's it, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And also, listen, it is absolutely a perfectly appropriate and fine to cry during this conversation if your kids cry, like you, the acknowledgement, the empathy of like we're all sad about this, right? And it is hard for kids to understand like, well, if you're sad about it, then don't do it, <laughs> right? Like it is hard. You may not become a blubbering mess and be and cry hysterically and uncontrollably and then make your children feel like they have to take care of you. And I have had a lot of worked with a lot of women who say, you know, my husband says he's going to have to, he's going to cry all the way through it and he's going to be a mess. And then I say, well, then you're going to probably going to have to have this conversation without him. Because if you can't hold it together, you, he, he is now putting the children in a position of having to take care of him when this entire thing should be focused around taking care of them. And that's a that's a great um, uh, way for us to transition to the high conflict, because that was certainly my situation. Uh, I told my kids at four and six years old, knowing um, that dad was going to do exactly that. And, right. and they got, uh, mommy's breaking our heart, just devastating the family, bawling his eyes out in my four-year-old's lap. And, uh, and so I want to talk about why it is so important to tell them alone when it's in their best interest. If you could, if you could really highlight that. Oh yeah. I mean, look, if, if the other parent is going to say something really inappropriate, if the other parent is going to behave inappropriately, like the idea that your ex-husband was sobbing in a four-year-old's lap and then the four-year-old was in, you know, having to take care of him yeah. instead of, him, of the four-year-old being taken care of. Like, I mean, do we need any more reasons like that's right? If they're going to, if you think they're going to divulge, you know, the, the quote truth, um, all of these things are reasons, all of these are reasons that you should do this alone. Um, if you don't feel like it's safe, if you don't feel physically safe to have this conversation in front of him, you know, you, you've got to center your children's health, well-being, psychological stability, um, wellness, all of it, uh, so that they are they so that they feel taken care of through every step of this uh, process and certainly the conversation. And so if you need to tell them without uh, your spouse, then absolutely you should, you're going to have to do that. 
And, um, and I think the other piece of it is you can't control what your spouse is going to say, right? So it's like, so you might be listening and going, well, he or she better not say all of those things. But the truth is they're going to they're going to do what they're going to do. And telling your child or children first gives yeah. you an opportunity to pour this solid foundation of comfort and trust. And it's the sky isn't falling and it is going to be OK. So even when they come and rattle it with all that they might say, mm-hmm. you've at least you've preempted it with your calm, your solid foundation, right. your and and I, I had even said um, I decided and daddy is very angry and upset with me. And and I want you to know that it's going to be okay. But I want I I even preempted because I knew that they were going to have such a dysregulated parent, like yeah, devastated. Sure. That's and right. yet I knew too. I I could have gone to him and said, please don't. But that would have been like talking to a wall. And so I think that, you know, it's so it's so important in that high conflict situation, Kate, because you're in the very early stages, right? Most of these people that we're talking about, it's like you're scared shit to do this to begin with. And now you have to have this really hard conversation and you might have to have it alone with your kids and you might have to deal with the fallout of what that's the right. other parent says to them. And that's just part of what is. That's right. Part of the journey of accepting yep. that this is this is my journey. It's going to have a lot of bumps and bends that I would prefer it didn't. Yeah. And, you know, you're really walking through this fire. I love that, you know, there's this, this thing going around Facebook about the bison. Have you seen this about this like snowy bison? And that it says that bison are the only animals that instinctually turn into a snowstorm and they walk into it because instinctively they know that they'll get to the other side faster. Oh, Wow. Right. And I feel so like be the bison is that be our- the bison. Right. <laughs> We're so scared of all of this and be the bison carefully. Right. Because we do have, you know, there if, if you're not physically safe, if your life is in danger, then do not be the bison. Um, we'll be the bison. But, you know, through a, go through the domestic violence shelter first. Um, but, you know, but otherwise, like, yeah, like we got to face this because it's chasing us no matter what. It's chasing us no matter what. Having this conversation with our kids is the, you know, what we do, what we think when we sit down to have this conversation is I'm about to break my kids. I'm going to break them. And in some senses, that is true. This, like you said, this will be a traumatic event for them. And Um, yet one of the things that I found, Kate, is I had a girlfriend who um, divorced when her kids were teenagers. I remember driving in the car with my kids. My kids were four and six when I told them. So now they're like, it's 10 years later. uh And they're like, oh, my God, we feel so bad for Megan and Brendan. Like, it's devastating for them. And and I'm asking the question, do you remember when I sat down and told you and my eyes are getting teary 10 years later, I'm remembering it like it's yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they both responded. Yeah, no, no I don't remember anything. Yeah. And, and, and at four and six, by the time that they were eight and 12, yeah. they had lived as much of their life with single parents as they had with married parents. And so in some ways, children are resilient and young children have 
so much less history under their belt. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, I remember, you know, to your point, you can do this like perfectly. We hired a children's psychologist. We mapped it out. We scripted it. We did everything. We like the whole thing. Mommy and daddy have a hard time getting along. We're going to move. We love you, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then eventually, you know, he said, where are we going to go? And I said, well, you know, um, there's a house. It's just a few blocks away. And if you want, we can go see it. And he was like, I want to go see it. And then I said, he's like, can I bring, what can I bring? You know, can I bring my toys? And I said, well, sweetie, why don't we take this, you know, take this box and put whatever, you know, and this is one of the things that was um, recommended to us because they feel like they have no control. And my son was three, by the way, they feel like they have no control. So you want to give them just some, this is some agency that you can give them, right? Give them a box and say, you get to fill it up with whatever you want to bring over to the new house you get to bring, right? Well, my son is 18. And I said to him, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, I was like, do you remember when we, you know, had that conversation? Like you did. And he was like, yeah, I remember you gave me a box and told me to go pack my room. (laughs) And I was like, Holy shit. That's not what happened. It seemed so tender and perfect at the moment. I mean, we did everything right. And his recollection is that I handed him a box and told him to pack his room. (laughs) So, you know, in some ways, it doesn't matter how you have this conversation. The best laid plans. (laughs) It's like, that's hysterical. Oh my God. Yeah. So the other thing that's that's particularly different with high conflict is mm-hmm. um in, in some cases, certainly in my case, I had a I had to live in the attic for three and a half years. Yes. So oh, so Jesus, that's a long time. Yeah, it was it was insane. I mean, I remember calling my attorney and saying, I'm just gonna jump out of the third floor window if you don't let me go. Like I got nothing left. But so my kids when I told them they then lived for, let's say three of the three and a half years in a terrible situation, just very high conflict. So you don't always get to do that. And yet I think that there are a lot of things that even if you're staying under the same roof, because you have to, if I left, he would have taken the kids and I would have been by myself. Um, there are a lot of things that you can do. And I'd love to just, I mean, we can't get into a lot of it, but living under the same roof um, mm-hmm. with with your uh, soon-to-be ex and mm-hmm. the kids, yeah. um, what would you say are a couple of the things that can be put into place to mm-hmm. that would be valuable and why yeah. they would be valuable? Well, there are a few things, right? And it also depends on high or low conflicts, right? Um, High, mid, low, whatever. But um, I think one of the most important things that you can do and should do is some form of interim parenting plan. Don't leave this sort of willy-nilly, you know, don't make assumptions about like how you think it should go. And because the way that they think it should go is completely different. Um, I did this for six months, not three years. God help you. God, (laughs) it sounds terrible. Um, but I did it for six months. And what we did was we alternated nights out. Um, we tended to have dinner together because we were able to do that. 
Um, our house was also very small. <laughs> so, um, but we alternated nights out. And so, um, and fortunately, both of us were, each of us were in 12-step programs. So we just went to our meetings. So we were getting a lot, we were like, there were a lot of meetings happening. And so there was a lot of growth and, and healing happening at the same time. Worked really well. Um, and then, you know, you want to create as much of a parenting plan as possible. You know, the, you know, you're responsible for breakfasts, um, you know, three days a week, let's say like you have like actually a custody plan. You're, this is a great opportunity to test the waters of how a parenting plan might actually work. Yep. It's also a really good, good opportunity to start documenting the involvement of the other parent. If while separated, they are going out every night, they're not engaging with the children, they're, you know, um, whatever, whatever it is, um, you may want to start documenting this. I have my, my clients keep a calendar um, and just mark the days, how, you know, interacted with the kids, you know, for 45 minutes today, um, was out all day, you know, went to play golf all day, all just to just to show that, you know, if it comes down to a custody battle, you really want to show that like, because those are the personalities, by the way, that will say that they should have full custody. And so it's not even so that you're trying to get full custody. It's really to show the a judge or an attorney, like, listen, have been <laughs> I've been keeping track, wall. right? Yeah. If he wants full custody, he should probably learn how to, you know, step up and be a parent. Um, but I think really, it's also an opportunity to learn from each other. It's an up if possible to say, all right, you're going to do, you know, I always do breakfast. I always get the kids ready for school. You're going to be responsible for doing that three days a week. Here's how I do it. You don't have to do it the way that I do it. It would be great if the kids had some consistency, but let me just show you because I've found, you know, it to be kind of a hassle to have to pack lunch in the morning too. So usually I do the night before, right? Just like learn from each other. Right. Um, it's a really good opportunity to see how, you know, one of you excels in something, the other excels in something else, learn from each other. It's a really great opportunity to, to maybe separate finances. Um, you know, it's like you're, it's like a, it, it's a, it's a stopgap, right? You're like, you're, it's, you don't, you're not, you're out, but you're not all the way out. So use it. Use it as a time to like figure some stuff out. Yeah. Now I love that. And and I would say that um, especially with the garden variety, so often I have clients who'll say, Yeah, he 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 can't do that. And I'm like, well, mm, don't mm. be so sure because the division of labor was you were home. That was your job. That wasn't his job. He was out, you know, killing the bison and bring home the bacon. So 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 use this interim time. That's right. To to see, and you know what, and he's he's not going to do it as well as you or your way because because it's it's new for him, and so there is such an opportunity, whether they're being manipulative and you want to point it out, or in my case. Um, my ex never, ever, ever got up with the kids. And I, I did. I believed that he, he wouldn't and he couldn't. Well, you know what? He did. That's he right. Did. He he absolutely did. He didn't do it my way. I might not even say he did it well, but he did it. He got them to school. And so 
we all have limiting beliefs that we go into these situations with. Yeah. And that, that I think that, that that living under the same roof really invites a lot of, if you could step back and get more curious and less judgmental, you could really learn a lot. Yeah. My favorite phrase during this period of time was, you're a really smart man. I know you'll figure it out. Oh, that was so much better than mine. Mine was this too shall pass. Well, say, you know, same difference. Right. But I would say that to him because he'd be like, I don't know how to do this. And like, how do I like, I don't know, there's a birthday party this weekend and I don't have a present. Right. And old me would have gone in and like, okay, I'll go to target. Don't worry. I got it. I'll take care of it. I'll go get the present and I'll wrap it and I'll bring it and I'll leave it on the porch. Like, no, no. You're no. a smart man. You'll figure You're it out. A I smart love that. Man, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You yeah. know, if it were me, I might text the mom and ask what the kid likes. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Don't and do I it for them because because by the way, he did figure it out. He did learn and he was really good at it. And then he felt really good about himself. Yeah. And I think that that's it is this is not the opportunity to try and control. If you were able to control the person, you wouldn't be divorcing them. So from <laughs> from this point forward, yeah. Like, and what do they say in programs? Say it once you're sharing information, say it more than once you're trying to control. So if you have something that you want to say or suggest That's once, right. one, one time. time only, if they didn't hear it, if they didn't receive it, if they didn't accept it, if they didn't do it, that's fine. You said it once done. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, and they'll, and they'll learn, right. You have to give people the grace of failing at things, yeah. even if like, it has a, an impact on your kids, right? Like it, as long as it's not a catastrophic impact, right. there were times that my ex took my son to a birthday party without a birthday present. And it, guess what? He didn't look good. And he's a guy who really wants to look good. So the next time he showed up with a present, you know, and it wasn't like the kid was like, you know, mad at my kid. He didn't know, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, just like the stay at home mom who, you know, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't, I luckily had a career beforehand. So that wasn't one of the challenges that I had. But so many women who, e even with a great degree or a great uh, work history in the past, it's been X number of years, you're stepping in. And so as, as, yeah. as insecure and as new and as uncomfortable as that is for you, Mm -hmm. um, the parent who's been out earning the living might have the same kind of difficulties. And, That's and, right. and especially in that garden variety, there's an opportunity for so much grace there to to really grease the way for the post-divorce to be smooth. Absolutely. It's like you're training someone <laughs> for a job that they may not have done. Yeah. Right. And so like if a new hire comes in, and they can't quite do it properly the first couple of times, you're not going to like scream at them, right? right? It's like, you're going to give them the grace to learn how to do it. Um, but if you do it for them, there's no point in hiring them. Exactly. So this is a great conversation. Of course, we could keep going for another couple of hours. There's so much to cover. <laughs> um, but for those of you in, the, um, in those early stages, really... Thinking, please, first of all, please pick up Kate's book because Kate's book, and I'll just say this and then I'll let you tell them how you they can reach you. Um, mm -hmm. Kate's book is, is 
for reading it, I felt like this is like your best friend coming alongside you, holding your hand with such gentle kindness, such empathy, such wisdom and understanding, knowing what your next steps are going to be and what Mm -hmm. your choices are. And it's just, it's one of the best books out there um, that invite you into this incredibly overwhelming process with, with so much information, so much grace, so much kindness. So if that's the position you're in, this, this book is for you. Definitely grab it. Um, how can they find you in your book, Kate? Thank you, Karen. I just thank you. <laughs> it means, you know, it means the world, you know, you write these things and you're kind of in your, in your shell and, you know, in your own bubble. And then, you know, you know, you give it to your friends and then like, you know, and your colleagues, people who know, you know, and for you to say those things about it makes it just means the world to me. So thank you. Um, you can find everything on my website, which is kateanthony.com. Um, the D word is available everywhere, absolutely everywhere that books are sold. Um, there's a page on my website. It's kateanthony.com slash D word that might give you some uh, ideas about how to buy the book on the DL. So if you are still in the, should I stay or should I go phase? And you're really trying to make this decision, you maybe don't want this book to show up in your shared Amazon order history. Um, and so I have just have some ideas for how you can get it, um, in other places and other ways, um, that you might not have thought of. And, um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, I also have on that page, I've got a bunch of bonuses. So if you buy it and you want some extra bonuses, go to that page and click on the bonuses and you can fill out the little form and get access to all sorts of free stuff. And, um, my podcast is the divorce survival guide podcast. I'm on Instagram at the divorce survival guide, and you can f- connect with me in all those places. Yeah. Kate has one of the biggest divorce podcasts out there in the world. So, and she's a rock star. So uh, as a podcaster, I encourage you to go over and and take a listen and, uh, and, and leave, leave a nice review too. Please. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure. You're just filled with such heart and wisdom and, um, and I think everyone really valued, got value out of today. So thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. I just adore you. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back again with another episode of Worthy and Wise. Thanks for listening to Worthy and Wise, a branded podcast. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. And if you have a question about an episode, compliments you would like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Mm-hmm.